Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan River to be baptized by him. John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you are coming to me? Jesus said to him in reply, Allow it for now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. After Jesus was baptized, he came up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened for him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. After our baptisms, whether it was here in this parish or another parish somewhere, I'm sure there was no voice out of heaven saying, this is my beloved child. But it could have happened, and it would have been appropriate if it happened, because as soon as Jesus took the plunge, he reaches out to us. We'll talk about that in a second. Look at the first reading. Isaiah had no idea who he was talking about. He was inspired to talk about someone who is going to lead the people of Israel. And, and he's not going to be a knight in shiny armor. He's not going to have armor. He's not going to have weapons. But how can he lead the people? So the people were very confused. This is during their captivity, and they were going home eventually, and they wanted a warrior. But God had other plans. So in the prophet Isaiah, we hear a description of this character, and that's what we can call him. Uh, he's messianic. He might be the Messiah. We don't know what Isaiah had in mind. He was inspired, and inspiration is very important. Sometimes we don't know where it comes from, but if we're in prayer and we get an idea, pretty much coming from God to do the right thing. So he describes this person as a servant. Now, we're waiting for a leader, we're waiting for a general, we're waiting for a tank. My servant, here he is. I'm well pleased with him. I've put my own spirit in him. Talk about inspiration when we pray. That's what the scriptures are talking about. And we, in reference to ourselves, 
at baptism, the Spirit of God is with all of us. And listen to this character. He's not going to be a warrior. He's going to bring forth justice without crying, without shouting. He'll be quiet. There won't be any noise in the street. As a matter of fact, when he walks, he's so gentle, he won't even break a reed of grass. And he will establish justice on the earth. And he continues, I have grasped you by hand. So Isaiah, in his inspiration, is talking about God describing to us who this person will be, who this leader will be. And then it switches through Isaiah. He's talking to the character. He's talking to the, the servant. Now, it's not right away, but centuries later, that Jesus is born, and you know the story, and the authors of Scripture go back to the Old Testament, and they say to themselves, look, look what Isaiah wrote about the servant, the special servant of God. Look what Isaiah wrote about the one in whom he is well pleased. Look what Isaiah wrote about this mighty Lord. He's going to be gentle and loving. And people will be amazed that he's so easygoing. Different idea. That's why prayer is necessary for all of us. In prayer, we pray that our thoughts and God's thoughts are the same. We don't pray to change God's thoughts. We pray that our thoughts will be changed so they match God's will in our lives. So we come on the scene. Jesus is probably educated at home with Nazareth in, in, his, in his hometown. And he grows up as carpenter's son. So normal kid from Nazareth. Probably prayed a lot in the temple or the synagogue. Probably got to know God deeply through Mary and Joseph's own devotion. I think the, the role of the family is so significant. And then he hears about John. Now, now you've got to realize, we see what Jesus is. He's calm, he's cool, he's gentle. John is a wild man. I mean, he ate grasshoppers. Please, really? And he wore a camel's coat. And camels stink. And he probably stunk. He was a wild man in the desert. And he was telling all the people, get your act together, get baptized, and it wasn't our Christian baptism, we'll talk about that in a second, get baptized and ask God for forgiveness and come back to God. Come back and do what God wants you to do. Love and charity and feeding the hungry. Come on, come on back. So people were really inspired. His, his letter was long, his, his speech was longer than that. And he also spoke about the one who is coming after me, whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. Now, a little bit, background. John and Jesus' cousins. Elizabeth is Mary's uh, cousin. Elizabeth gives birth to John. Mary gives birth to Jesus. So there is, they're all family ties, but we don't know how close they were as a family. They didn't get together for Thanksgiving dinner, I assure you of that. But John went off and he was educated by a group of monks called Essenes. Jesus wasn't, but Jesus knew about them. So they may not have had a lot of contact growing up. And John, don't forget inspiration is very important, 
John says, I came here to introduce to you the new Lamb of God. Again, what does that mean? The Lamb is the animal that they brought to the temple to be sacrificed. And when that sacrifice was given, God and the people of God were reconciled. And that, that's the Feast of Passover each year. So John is saying, and he's wild, he's, I mean, the politicians come down, the priests and the Levites, they come down, they're going to be baptized too. And John says, hey, you're a bunch of hypocrites, don't you come here seeking baptism? He tells them that. He says, and don't give me that, oh, I follow God in my heart, and I'm a child of Abraham. He says, this is John, he says, because God can raise up the rocks to be children of Abraham. He's insulting them left and right. You know the story, eventually he loses his head, but that's, we're not, we didn't get there yet. So, and that's not a joke, he really did, he loses his head. Of course, he was, he was so wrapped up in God and God's way, and he tried to make that clear. Now this is going on, just picture the Jordan River, and I don't have to picture it, I can remember it, because last October I was on a pilgrimage that I led to, to the Jordan, to Holy Land, but one day was to the Jordan River. An experience I can't describe. Jordan River is not clean. It's, it's a river. It's always moving. And it's like muddy and all that. Lebanon is that side. This side is, is uh, Israel. And the people with me on the group, they had steps. Jesus didn't have steps. They had steps. And each came down for a blessing. We don't baptize twice in the Catholic Church. So we sprinkle them with water, as I'm going to do later on with you guys, asking them to renew their baptismal promises in reminiscence of what Jesus did there in the Jordan. So, okay, so they get baptized. Okay, now we go back to Jesus, and it's land all around, reeds, woods, things like that, and Jesus walks toward John. You can just see it happening, and John is going wild. He's preaching about, you guys are going to hell because you're not believing God. you got to be, and all of a sudden, whoa. Jesus is right there in front of him. That's today's gospel. What does he say? I should be baptized by you, but you're coming to me? Wow. This is the Son of God. This is the guy that John the Baptist had inspiration about, the Messiah. He doesn't know him completely, but he, he knows there's something special about this one. And he knows that he's the one who is going to be the Savior. So John, Jesus says, let it be. Let's follow the law right now. And let me do what every, all these other people are doing. Says, to enter into righteousness. Very important. Jesus, God. You've got to get this straight. Jesus, God, Son of God, Creator of the world can stop anything anytime he wants, he can create anything anytime he wants, is there in the muddy waters of the Jordan River, bending down to be baptized by John, and all these people are acknowledged sinners. That's the reason they're there. Don't forget that. Jesus is joining them, and he's plunging into, yeah, the Jordan River, he's plunging into humanity. He's already maybe 30 years old. He's already born a man, child. But now he's really getting down and literally dirty with us. 
not an accident. When we celebrate Christmas, the Word of God becoming flesh, God's Word becoming human, this is what it's all about. This human Jesus, Son of God, is there to enter into our lives, to enter into our tears, our joys, our loves, our hates, get into it, really get into it. He plunges himself into humanity so that he could be with you and me in every, every journey of our lives, in everything we do. He comes on earth to let all of us know, I'm with you, guys and girls. I'm with you, men and women. I'm with you. And I will walk with you. And you'll see what he does during the three years that he's with us. He washes the feet of his disciples. He forgives. He, he clears the, the leprosy. He lets people who are lame walk. He opens the eyes of the blind. That's what he wants us to do. Not miraculously necessarily, but we are obliged to do that with one another if we're baptized into him because his baptism is not a baptism for sin. His baptism is a baptism of life to be incorporated into his body. And in the process, we as Christians who are human beings are cleansed as infants or adults if we are baptized through the rite of initiation of adults. We're baptized into his body and are forgiven the original sin with which we were born. The humanity that went off the humanity that said, thank you, God, but no thank you. And some of us, even though we are free of original sin, we still have that direction, I'm in charge, not God. That's what sin is all about. When you take something that's not yours, you're in charge, right? When you hurt somebody's feelings, when you yell or you're prejudiced because he is a different color, speaks a different language, you're in charge because you're a big man, right? A big woman, yeah? Well, not really because God's in charge and you're just showing the world how weak you are, any of us might be, as we sin. Because we're saying, when I sin, I'm in charge. And God's saying, oh, you silly, silly people. My son's in charge. And if you're a member of his body, you've got to remember he's in charge. So therefore, the original sin wasn't enough. We kept going back to it. That's why we have in the church a sacrament of reconciliation, confession. Because we were forgiven and incorporated into the body of Christ at our baptisms. But we forget. But Jesus doesn't forget. So he plunges himself into our lives. And listen to what Peter says. And, and this is the earliest teaching of the gospel. He gives a little summary. We call it the kerygma. The little summary, which is the earliest teaching of the church, and this is in the Acts of the Apostles. Peter is invited to Cornelius' house. Cornelius is a, a Roman. He's a pagan. But he's interested in God. He's interested in Jesus. And Peter says, you know... And this is great for us because it shows prejudice, how alive and well, even in the scriptures it was. Cornelius says, come on to my house and we can talk about God more. And you can say, oh no, you're a Roman, you're a pagan, I can't go into your house. What's that all about? Then the Holy Spirit knocks on Peter's head in a dream. 
Are you kidding me? Everyone is welcome to the house of God. The angel appears to him in a dream and reminds him that there's no one excluded from the house of God or from the Lord's table. So Peter wakes up and says to Cornelius, I'm there, I'm with you. And he goes, and he, he sits, and he talks, and he learns, like you guys in RCIA and any of our religious ed classes. And Peter's giving him the full message. They call it the curriculum, the full message. And what is the full message? It happened in Judea. It started there with the beginning baptism of John that he preached in the Jordan River. Then God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power with the words... This is my beloved son. Listen to him. I'm well pleased with this guy. Just, just be where Peter is. And then what did Jesus do? After he plunged into humanity, he got up out of the Jordan River and went about doing good, healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We're celebrating that day today. A little bit will all be sprinkled with holy water as a reminder of our own baptisms. But we're celebrating the fact that Jesus walked with us. He went into the muddy waters of the Jordan and said, baptize me because I want to come across and be one with all of these people. I'm leading them to God the Father. This is paraphrase. I'm leading them to God the Father, but I'm doing it with my humanity. So when I help somebody, it's a human being helping another person. Yes, I happen to be God, but when I heal somebody, it's God healing him or her. And his going about doing good, now we pick it up from there. That's our chore. Go about doing good, learning about God, learning about the scriptures. Go about doing good, whether it's charity to collect coats or food for the poor, working in a homeless shelter, as, as Deacon John does, and, and Hope House, at doing things as a church, as a community, as a group of people who actually believe that Jesus plunged himself into humanity so we can be lifted up forever.
If you've got an insurance question, you could talk to a dentist. But instead of filling you in on ways to save on your policies, he'd probably be too busy filling in that loose crown. Or you could talk to your local GEICO agent, who will use their expertise to polish up your policies, from home and auto to renters, motorcycle, boat, and RV too. So while, yes, your dentist can save your smile, your GEICO agent could save you money, which will make you use that smile a whole lot more. To find a GEICO agent near you, visit geico.com local. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV.